Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. <laughs> and today we're going to continue on with the uh, the slow mutants. Uh, we've uh, been making some progress so far. Before we do so, it's time for the Stephen King trivia. Dun, da, da, da. Nice. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, just a real quick one this time. And we're going to continue with The Shining because uh, I-, I like The Shining. It's a good one. There's no it's reason really not to. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's not the name of the mention, hotel, Kevin? Oh, it's the Overlook Hotel. In, the Overlook uh, Hotel, say absolutely. Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> You, you nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of what I was looking for. I, was it? Is it Boulder? So, in the movie, mm. it's it's set in Colorado. You're, you're right. 100% right. But the actual filming location. Oh, you know? okay. That, I don't actually know. Uh, <sighs> let's see... Stanley Kubrick, 70s. So it's, I mean, if I'm trying to logic my way through it, I want to say somewhere maybe in like Northern California because everything gets filmed in California, but Uh, it might not be. Oh, where is it? You're pretty pretty close with Northern California. It's, uh, uh, so the the name of the actual, um, exterior that they take in the movie is called, uh, the Timberline Lodge. Mm. And that's in, uh, Mount Hood, Oregon. Oregon. All right. All right. As long as we're in the, you know, the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) All right, and wh- one more question about the Overlook. All right. Um, because uh, I, I realized that uh, there was a discrepancy between the book and the movie. Oh, several. <laughs> what What is the, the, the haunted room number? Oh, um, I want it to add up to 13 just because I know that's a Stephen King thing, but it might be wrong. Uh Huh. The 13, either of them, no. No, neither of them do? Damn. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to say 318. So, um, in the book, and uh, also in Dr. Sleep as well, mm-hmm. um, it's it's 217. 217. Mm-hmm. 217 in, in the book. Okay. But in Stanley Kubrick's movie... It was 237. 237. I, yeah, I don't understand why they make that change. Um, I mean, but I, I wonder, was reading about... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I thought that it might be because uh, the, the either the filming location or the hotel that it's based on might actually have uh, 217. So they might have changed it so that nobody could like... Uh, would be, you know, either scared out of renting their, the haunted room or, I mean, then again, maybe nowadays people would want to rent the haunted room. So I, I guess it could go either <laughs> so, way. So what I found out about the Timberline Lodge in Oregon is everybody wants to be in room Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So so they went the opposite way with it then. They, they went with the, the, you know, a room that they do have as opposed to a room that they don't have. Yeah, it's like uh, we accept the hauntedness, and that's mm. why we're here. So exactly, yeah. I'm sure. Out. And then it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I I I just got a job at a school, and it's a pretty old building, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the first things that like some of the students and the uh, teachers are like, oh yeah, this building's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll just hear like weird sounds and stuff like this. I'm like, that's cool. It's just spirits trying to figure their way out, you know. Indeed. <laughs> oh boy. Well, anyway, so I'll have more questions next week. Sounds good. Can't stuff. wait. I, I, I really like The Shining. I, I feel like I want to like just read The Shining real quick. You should. Like, oh, that's the good. Differences. Yeah. But I'm I'm slowly reading The Gunslinger first. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, that's honestly, uh, that's uh, our own fault that we keep getting uh, into these tangents and everything that uh, keep extending the episodes out. If if we were, you know, a little bit more uh, thrifty with our notes and everything, we would probably be done with this book already. But I mean, where's the fun in that, though? <laughs> Oh, exactly. No, I I like going slow. I, th- yeah. I think going slow is the the way to go. Indeed, low and slow. That is the tempo. That is the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I was going to say. <laughs> so, we so. are continuing on. So, the first line... Um, yeah, when we left off, uh, let's see, Roland had just uh, walked in well. on his mother and his father's either enchanter or counselor depending on the version you're reading and mm. now he's got uh, he's got some business he has chosen to undertake his test of manhood so um from my version i believe where we left off was the boy continued to smile as he went to his test correct yes so the, the boy continued to smile as he went to his test jamie had come from the shop wives and when he saw the boy crossing the exercise yard, he ran to tell Roland the latest gossips of bloodshed and revolt to the West. But he fell aside, the words all unspoken. They had known each other since the time of infancy. And as boys, they had dared, dared each other, cuffed each other, and made a thousand explorations of the walls within which they had both been birthed. The boy strode past him, staring without seeing, grinning his painful grin. Painful grin. Oh, there it is. He was walking towards Court's cottage, where the shades were drawn to ward off the savage afternoon heat. Court napped in the afternoon so that he could not, so so he could enjoy his evening tomcat forays into the mazed and filthy broth brothels of the lower town to the fullest extent. All right, so go ahead. So, yeah, we definitely have, uh, you know, Jamie, I feel like we've kind of alluded to here and there, but I feel like this is the the most description we've got of Jamie as being like yeah, another of Roland's friends. Like, it seems like Cuthbert might be his best friend, but Jamie is, he's also, he's kind oh. of been there. He's, he's just sort of like just out of frame. <laughs> but this is, this is also the, the eraser of Jamie, as you've been saying, right? No, no. At this point, Jamie is in both editions. Jamie's in. Uh, oh, he's in both. Indeed, editions. yeah. Jamie is in the new one as well. So uh, Jamie does exist. I'm glad because there have been a bunch of other times where uh, St- uh, 2003 Stephen King crossed out Jamie and wrote in Cuthbert, but this time he is the one who uh, sees Ro- uh, Roland walking past with his rictus grin. So I, I got to uh, say something about Jamie um, real quick. Then, um, yeah, uh, he's good at reading the room. Sure. Definitely. Oh, yeah. He he picks up on Roland's vibe instantly. But like, then again, I mean, I'm going to tell you these things. Oh, oh, whoa. oh, something something else is going on. I'm going to leave you alone, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, 
uh, as far as changes go, we've got a, uh, so instead of shop wives in the new version, it's, it's just Jimmy had come from the shops, which I feel like just makes more sense. Yeah. Well, shop, uh, sh- shop wives made me think, I don't know, that he was, uh, that's the word I want, I'm looking for. Uh, he was being amorous with the shop wives, not buying things from them. So mm. just saying, like, he came from the shops, so it was like, ah, he was just shopping for stuff, not like, Shop wives. So he was exactly. I don't know. Is Jamie a child too? Like uh, Roland, or like a teenager? They're, they're I, teenagers I think they're the, at this point. Yeah, it seems like they're the same age. Okay. I think they're fourteen. So it was three years since the hanging of the cook, and that was when Roland was eleven. So okay. yeah, they're both fourteen years old. So he saw the hanging of the cook when he was the same age uh-huh. as uh, Jake right now. Just, just, just to put that as Jake is now. Yeah, context. exactly. <laughs> Man. Indeed, yeah, because I feel like that's kind of that was kind of the reason for Roland's whole flashback to that whole story was he was thinking of how what he was doing when he was Jake's age. So he's like, oh, well, I was thrust into, you know, a situation I didn't fully understand when Mm -hmm. I was his age as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Jamie, like a close friend from friend from boyhood. They had known each other from infancy. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so, so do you think he's better friends with Jamie or Cuthbert? I feel like he's closer to Cuthbert. Or just Alan, to... like the other. True. Al, uh, Elaine, <laughs> Alan, Alan, uh, they've, they kind of, they're referring to, but I feel like he doesn't, he hasn't really appeared as a, as a character yet with his own kind of actions There's and such. Boyhood pals. Boyhood pals. Boyhood pals. Yeah. The sure. other sons of gunslingers and lords uh, walking around the castle. There was another thing that was changed as well oh yeah um he ran to tell roland the latest gossip of bloodshed oh yeah in the original it was gossips of bloodshed and the new one it's just the latest gossip of bloodshed which i feel like that one feels Mm. like a blue change that's just grammatical well i mean do you need to pluralize gossip i gossips don't think gossips i mean you could you could do whatever you want when you're right. Very, very I, true. I but I feel like it. that means that Stephen <laughs> King changed his mind. This, this feels like a very post-on-writing uh, grammatical change to me. Because I feel like 1978 Stephen King or, you know, 1981 or whenever he was actually writing this. Uh, I feel like that Stephen King was much more flowery with his prose. And he had just graduated from college. So he was trying to, you know, sound all Lord Byrony and whatever uh, and toss in all of the it, random pirate this, this slang that he's 10 got. Years, 10 years since he's graduated college. That is yeah. true. Yeah. But I'm saying he's or still a still young author. still thinking this is 69 writing. Like, I mean... Uh, but that's the thing. He, notes. yeah, he he wrote all of these sections and put them into a box for a while, and then kind of came back to them, gave them a little bit of a polish, and then sent them out to magazines uh, in installments. So I feel like the actual, you know, the first time that he was, you know, putting the the fingers to the keyboard to the keys on his typewriter, uh, he was probably either March of 1970 was when he actually wrote the first sentence of the book. Uh, so then in that case, by the time he's gotten to here, it's, I guess, who, who could really say at some point in that eight years between, uh, graduating college and after he's published his second book. So, I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot has happened in Stephen King's life in that point. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Point being, uh, Um, you know, definitely still a young writer in any case. I got a quick question. Go for it. 
Have you written on an old typewriter? I have not. I I used to typed on an old typewriter. I used to play when I was a kid with Dad's typewriter, and all the keys got all jumbled together. So now I have this. Yeah, yeah, now I have this like phobia (laughs) of typewriters that I'm always imagining they're just going to be like get all stuck together at the top there, and I won't be able to actually type anything. But because you you're limited in how fast you can type. Very true. Because of the way that the 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 things yeah the way the hammers you know, are like out. going forward to hammers that's the word yeah 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 so and it's more of a like a pounding motion than a exactly you know so so we grew up on computer you know mm-hmm. keyboards and, Windows and 95. They, they can actually go so that's <laughs> oh no i was earlier than that i was, I was an ms das guy or commodore oh, 64 true. really <laughs> was the commodore 64 just for games or could you also type on it you could do whatever you wanted on it, yeah. Oh, there, so there was a word processor in there? Nice. Yeah, I believe so. Well, yeah, because we used to print out... Remember those big printouts we made from the no. Commodore? Oh, because oh, no. one of them was for your birth in 1986. Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would make sense, yeah. We, we made this big uh, banner, which took forever to print. It was like... Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's printing out one pixel line of pixels at a time. Exactly. But it ended up coming out to um Welcome Home Kevin or something. I'm sure with the the pages with the uh what is it, the dots on the side, the dot matrix printer. And you know exactly where it went, right over the archway between the living room and the uh dining room nice oh. yeah and it it was about 10 feet long because <laughs> it was all just you know the, the paper had like perforated edges right so you could just have it just be this one continuous scroll basically yep yep it took mm. forever to print those so anyway <laughs> life is better it's now. true and <laughs> it's I'm sure, you know, in in the future, they'll be like, oh, my God, you had to 3D print just one layer at a time of a thing. And now yeah. you can just sort of Bloop. zap it forward. Yeah, so that's a that's a good comparison. Yeah, because so, mm. 3D printing is kind of similar. It's doing it level by level, you know, and, and the old MS-DOS printers or whatever the heck they were called. Uh, oh, uh, dot matrix. That's the word I was looking for dot matrix and it would just go like line by line to create the thing and i thought it was amazing <laughs> i was like this is this is magic we're making a mm. banner <laughs> <laughs> hey you know i mean it's all it's all relative um anyway so we're talking about uh okay so roland is walking across the yard right now i'm just going to summarize for a little bit and then you can tell yeah. me uh what's that but he's uh, walking uh, just one other one other change uh, before we get further along. Uh, just uh, another Stephen King grammatical change uh, in the new version. It says so he could enjoy to the fullest extent his evening Tomcat forays, as opposed to enjoy them. Blah blah blah. Filthy brothels of the lower town All to right. the greatest extent. Because I feel like that's like a what is it? Oh, is that it's like a, a dangling modifier? That's like a that's a grammatical thing. Uh, oh, up with even, which I will not put. I didn't even notice that one. Wait, mm. What was the difference again? I'm so sorry. Um, uh, court napped. Court napped in the afternoon, so he could enjoy to the fullest extent his evening tomcat forays. So in, rather than in the original words, rather says, than so he, uh, could he could enjoy, 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 not enjoy to the fullest extent. So he just added. Yeah, so he could en- to the no, fullest no, no. So extent. So he could enjoy blah blah blah. 
uh, mazed and filthy brothels of the lower town to the fullest extent. I forget what that's called grammatically. Oh, that, that, that is a, uh, it's a hanging uh, something. I think you're right. Hanging participle? Or, um, uh, I keep wanting to say participle, but uh, is that what that is? Ending a clause with a preposition. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, Dad hated that. Yep. He, and I did it all the time. I, don't, I feel like I feel like <laughs> it, it was more that he hated the rule because it just if you like it's like saying um, you know what does that come out to like I've, yeah. uh, out to which does that come out? No one would actually say that. <laughs> Unless you're writing the Declaration of Independence or something, you know? Exactly. It sounds very much like <laughs> Nobody the, speaks yeah. like that anymore. Uh, Nobody speaks like that. It might not be extent. technically, like, like, grammatically attacked. I get what he yeah. was saying. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. sorry it took me a second to like get on board with what you were saying. But now no, I no, no, see no. I mean, the I'm, difference. I'm, he put mm-hmm. fullest extent in the middle of the sentence rather than the end. Precisely. So on writing. Kevin, when did Stephen King write on writing? He wrote, well, he started on writing uh, before his accident in 1999 and then finished it. Let's see. It was fully published 2000. So, yeah, I think uh, there's a little afterward where he talks about his accident and everything and how kind of getting back into just sort of the mechanical process of even using his hands to write was, you know, a, a chore to get himself back into back coming back to life more or less after yeah, this yeah. accident that he oh, basically goodness. his pelvis and his leg were basically shattered from this car accident. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, as you like, I think we've mentioned in the past, I also had yeah. a dev- devastating car accident three years later, 2003 yeah. when pelvis was destroyed and I now have two fake hips and stuff. I'm doing all right. Everything's fine. Um, nice. So maybe I should write a book called On Teaching. There you go. I don't know if I have just I, I don't know if I'm a good enough expert though, but uh Well, I mean, even if it's not about expertise, just have it be about, you know, there have been the so many struggles process. to get back into the classroom and so much, you know, adversity and everything, but uh, you know, uh you keep finding that it's your passion and you keep going back into it. So there uh you know, some uh, struggles that are just worth it to overcome. I got to tell you, Kevin, uh over the past yeah. week my my mood has just been way better. It's oh, like that's great. Oh, I'm back where I belong. This is great. And like <laughs> the kids are awesome. Kids are kids, you know. They're going to nice. be squ- squirrely and middle schoolish and that's just oh, look at you. You're the same person I met over there and you know like no matter <laughs> but everybody's different, of course. And True. also the fun part about teaching is it's much as much an art as writing is. Um you're constantly changing your methods to fit the the time and the era, you know? So you wouldn't write the same way in 1930 as you would write in 1950 as you would in 1980 and 2010 and today, you know? Yeah. All all of those writing styles are going to be different based on um the goings on of the day, you know? Mhm. So yeah, slang, references, all the absolutely. just even grammatical style changes throughout time. Exactly. Hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, do you want to go back to it? 
Um, yeah, so um, let's see. So the next point, basically, Jamie picks up on Roland's vibe instantly. He just sees him walking across with purpose, and he inst- he uh, what does it say? He knew in a flash of in- intuition what was uh, what was to come, and in his fear and ecstasy, he was torn between following Roland and going after the others. Then his <laughs> hypnotism was broken. He ran to the main building, screaming, "Cuthbert, Alan, slash Elaine." Thomas, his uh, scream sounded puny and thin in the heat. They had known, all of them, in that intuitive way boys have, that Roland would be the first of them to try the line. But this was too soon. The hideous grin on Roland's face galvanized him as no news of wars, revolts, and witchcrafts could have done. Uh, and then there's this sentence that is the Wait, same in both say, versions. I was going to say, finish the paragraph. <laughs> yeah, the same in both versions that I literally I got stuck on like a fly in flypaper. This was more than words from a toothless mouth given over fly-specked heads of lettuce. Oh, now I get it. Okay, so uh, literally the first four times I read it, I was like, I have the I've all. I know what all of those words mean individually, but I don't know what that <laughs> sentence means in context. What but does that yeah. mean? So. Um, so, this so, was more than what, what, words from a toothless mouth given over fly-specked heads of lettuce. So basically, he heard. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, it's yeah, still... can, can I guess? Can I guess? Okay, you go ahead. <laughs> before go ahead before you tell me what you what you think it is, sure. Because now and now I'm thinking about it. All right, because you've already processed this. I've processed it. it. I've thought about it, and I figured it out. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. More than words. First of all, more than words. Great song from Extreme. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, from toothless mouth given over fly specked heads of lettuce. So to me, it, I, it's like a caterpillar. Okay. So they're describing Roland right now. Steve, Mr. King is describing Roland's with this, or 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 um, what's his face? Jamie. Is Jamie the one who's the I'm confused. Do you want me to tell you? Okay. So the hideous grin, the the, the smile is, is the thing that that is going the theme of our episode today. <laughs> is the hide, the hideous grin, which would be a good name for exactly. a band. Exactly. You know, um, <laughs> it galvanized. Like Roland is on a path. He's like, f this. Like I am going to be a gunslinger, and you're going to give the give me this today. Okay. Well, I think I think in that sentence, the him is Jamie. Okay, so in that sentence, the the, the, the so the hideous grin on Roland's face galvanized Jamie as no news of wars, revolts, or witchcraft could have done. So, so it galvanized him to leave him alone. (laughs) <laughs> galvanized him to run out to his friends and like because basically jamie so this is where i feel like the flowery prose kind of loses us a little bit because mm. basically jamie just came back from the shops and he has some gossip of bloodshed and revolt to the west yeah. and so he runs to tell roland he sees this horrifying grin on Roland's face and he's like whoa what the hell's going on with you he sees the direction Roland's going and he's like mm-hmm. and he puts two and two together and he's like oh do I follow or do I go tell everybody else and he's like nope gotta go tell everybody else so that is what's uh, so that motion of running to tell everybody else much quicker is the galvanizing force that the wars and revolts and witchcraft the gossip that he just heard uh, didn't, didn't matter give him anymore. nearly as much so, 
so exactly. Okay, so this was more than words from a toothless mouth given over fly spoke. So it's like, um, wow, that. Whew, okay, tell me what it means, Kevin. So this, <laughs> as in this, Roland's news, the what he's about to see is more because the you know all of the wars and revolts and news from the West. That's just words, and the toothless mouth is oh, the, the woman who is giving him the gossip. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the people. Over, I understand now. Yeah, over, over fly heads, of heads of lettuce. Yes, it, it, I it, thought it, he was speaking metaphorically. No, he's talking about what Jamie, the the gossip that Jamie just heard. It's literally the, yeah the <laughs> shop wives yeah uh, but i think he's also speaking figuratively but when you look at it that way it's like yeah they're they're warring over the fact that they have no crops and stuff and yeah. they have no teeth but uh <laughs> but uh, true yeah fair enough over fly specked heads of lettuce yeah i think i think it's literally just where jamie was standing next to the lettuce well, seller once, once again i, I want to go back to the fact that the gunslingers are the bad guys all right, they're the empire, mm. and these people are <laughs> the 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 rebel cells that are, are building up to try to take them down, and which they clearly do, I guess. It is interesting, yeah. It, it, it's it's a feudal system, it seems like. <laughs> EUD or UTILE? <laughs> Both, really. Uh, but uh, feudal, I was saying EUDAL. Gotcha. Uh, feudalism, um, but it's also futile. Hmm. <laughs> it, that's what it seems like to me. Like the, they're the big lords in the castles. They speak with the high speech. We talked about this week after week. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I would have finished kind of... this book by now, but oh, reading totally. it slowly, I'm like just like uh, internalizing and trying to process the information. Yeah, we're, we're sucking so the marrow from cool. the bone of this book right now. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it seems like a, a feudal system. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, um, definitely. They're you know the some toothless mouths the ones over fly spec heads of lettuce. Like he would have said that in his head. Um, like um, what's the word? Uh, like ugh, like admonishing. Yeah, I feel like, like these I, these terrible people. Ugh. They're they're below mm. us and we're above them because we're the gunslingers. I, you know? There is that connotation, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like at this point we're kind of in third person like close third person, but we're kind of more in Jamie's point of view at this point exactly. than we are in so Roland's. This is why I yeah. got confused. This is why I got yeah, confused when I was reading this. I was like, wait, whose point of view are we in? So this is Jamie saying these things that he got galvanized. It was like, Oh, I need to leave Roland alone. And then eventually we'll exactly. come back to Roland. Yeah, I gotta go spread the news. So then he runs to tell all of his friends. Um, and then we've got yada yada. Roland kicks in the door. Uh, slams backward, yada yada. So now we've got another couple of changes in this next bit. Uh, okay, can we, can we talk of- about Court for just a second? I, 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 sure I would thing. like to talk about Court. Because I, I've always before been we confu- see him in the flesh, yeah. I, I've always been confused about Court since we met him. Um, uh, what? What? When was that one? Was when he was walking across the desert? He had a flashback. Indeed, his there. corporal uh, uh, punishment teacher style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, this guy's a complete jerk. Um, so, so now we see his quarters, um, mm-hmm. and he's just a miserable man who goes to the, the brothels, as we learned. Um, and he beats boys every day to make them into 
gunslingers. But how do you think Court feels about this? Like, when he it, goes to, to bed me, at night, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, to me, it kind of, it almost feels like kind of the erosion of the system. Like at one point, he was this uh, wise tutor that would. Uh, like a general of sorts who would train all of these young boys to become Mm -hmm. masters of their craft and warriors to defend the kingdom. But now after, you know, hundreds of years or maybe even thousands, I feel like he's ostensibly the last of the line of those who are teaching people to become gunslingers. So I feel like he... He, Even he, the description reali- of him, he's he's this he bald, lumpy his, old man. Yeah, so it almost feels like scarred. multiplicity, where it's like a clone of a clone of a clone. Where <laughs> by the end, he's almost reduced. So now he's just beating these children. He's uh, basically just for- pushing them to become gunslingers faster and faster to uh, get more fighters on the front lines of this war. So mm-hmm. it feels like this whole process of gunslingers, where they used to be this like these prime knights of the kingdom have now almost become kind of lesser. So, and I feel like the, I mean, make sure you don't tell me too much right now. Don't tell me. Okay. You're right. You're right. I won't tell you too much, but (laughs) I feel like at this point, it's all information that you've had thus far. We've, uh, we know that uh, he comes from King Arthur and all stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, no, I hear you. Yeah, I so that's kind of what I feel like. I feel like Court is kind of the almost like the last result like I mean, if you want to be kind of crass about it, it's the, you know, when you started off with, you know, a gourmet meal, Court is the piece of shit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. All right. <laughs> After it's all been digested through the centuries, yeah. The centuries and like uh, diluted and changed. Well, it's it's sometimes the way I, I look at teaching styles. Sometimes because uh, mm. the court is a teacher, right? Isn't that right. ultimately his job? One hundred percent. Uh huh. But he's. But it's interesting. He, his methods. I, I question his methods. Of course, mm. I, I I wouldn't use those methods. No. <laughs> Uh, but that's what they did in this weird medieval time that we're talking about. Very true. Outside of time, hmm. what I have gathered. Because they exactly. got technology, and, uh, they got guns, but they got castles. And, and people dying because they're farming out in the fields. Like, Yeah. I don't know. I think there's, yeah, they mentioned there are farms and such. Um, I was going to say, I feel like it, it, he's not even so much as a teacher as he is more like... He's halfway between drill sergeant and a coach, kind of. So it seems okay. like he's, I mean, so he's, he's more preparing like these kids Army? for war. Precisely. Like, uh, uh, full Metal, metal jacket. jacket to bring, yeah, it back, yeah, yeah. bring it back to Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> oh, it is Stanley Kubrick. Too. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, that's a brutal movie. That, that oh, really yeah. gets a, a visceral reaction, that movie. Exactly. That's also <laughs> another movie that almost feels like there's the beginning half and then the the... There's the uh, boot camp half of the movie, and then there's the in Vietnam half of the movie that feel yep. like two entirely different movies. Entirely different movies. He's like, oh, <laughs> now we're here. And so, well, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it really um, definitely got a reaction out of me. I had some nightmares. Mm, that one. That's for sure. <laughs> mm, me too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, anyway. But in any case, Court. So, Court. Yes. Did I, did I just do it, go right there. 
right, I'm gonna uh, read from well, the, I'm gonna, there, there's a few other changes. Were there, were there here. changes um, before Korg? Yeah. Uh, in the original, it said he had never been here before, and then the new version, it said he had never been inside before, which I feel like is an important distinction. So he's been to Court's house; he's just never been he's inside knocked the, on the door. Maybe, but he's never yeah walked yeah. in. Exactly. Then we've got another one where, uh, which feels grammatical, um, a faded linoleum floor tracked in black paths from the cooler set in the floor to the counter where knives hung. Uh, in the original, it says where knives hung to the table. And then the new version, it says where knives hung and to the table. So I feel like in the old version, it says from here to there to there. And then the new version, it says from here. Wait. Uh, <laughs> where knives hung wait. so I, I was thinking like a magnetic strip along the wall where knives are hanging exactly right. yeah right so that's a little bit yeah. of uh, technology as well unless they're hanging like with a hook probably on a hook but how could the table knock them off mm. they felt well, like I guess just sort of from the also did you uh, see from him the slamming the door open uh, they felt like, uh, what did it say? Did that, is that a change? Where does it say? Oh, that's the next one. Oh, it's coming up. Darn it. My, yeah. I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's just, basically it starts from, from here to here to here. And then the new version is from here to here and to here. So I, I almost prefer from here to here to here, but I, that feels like a, you know, grammatical so i'm marking that one blue <laughs> then um i don't even another see where one. you're talking about oh my gosh uh, but then the, then the next one uh the next sentence a public man's privacy here which feels like a sentence fragment almost so in the new version he changes it to here was a public man's privacy so that makes more sense to me uh then let's see the last faded sobriety becomes the faded refuge of a violent midnight carouser okay uh do they have witchcrafts in both yes yes i think they do okay uh well that's something i wanted to talk about real quick mm-hmm. what type of witchcraft are we saying like there's magic involved? Uh- they haven't said yet um right now basically we know about the Let's see. The standing stones that he've met the Oracle. So the there's Oracle. that kind of magic. Uh-huh. We know that there is the, what is that? The the jawbone that he pulls out of the wall that was yep, like speaking yep. prophecy earlier. So there's that kind of thing. Uh, and right, I, I for. I just wanted to, to, to mention that. I was like, all right, witchcrafts. Mm. Just like. Yeah, because. I, as Jamie someone who's hear, reading the book for the first time, like it's like, okay. This is where we're going, you know. Mm. Th- th- there's time, it's true. there's it, witchcraft. There's like I, I'm trying to like understand this as someone in exactly. 1982 reading this in the uh, what was it the science uh, fiction weekly the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. Yes, but we're in the year of Teresa, right? 1982. Uh, not yet. So the Slow Mutants is 1981, of, uh, July of 81. Okay, mm. so is, Nick is one year old. Indeed. Mom is very pregnant with Teresa at this point. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mom is very pregnant at most points. <laughs> Actually, no, wait. June of 82. No, she wouldn't be pregnant yet. Because this is 11 months before Teresa was born. So at this point, she's just got her hands full running around after little Nikki. <laughs> I just like to keep bringing it back to the Ackerman timeline. You know, 
Exactly. It, we had the uh, quantum leap episode of uh, was when he leaps into Lee Harvey Oswald when he uh, shoots JFK and uh-huh. he keeps like uh, kind of Al keeps kind of reminding him because uh, at one point he kind of loses himself and he starts to think that he is Lee Harvey Oswald. So mm-hmm. he starts just going through exactly what he did on that day. So to kind of snap him out of it, he kind of rec- brings him back to what. Uh, Dr. Sam Beckett is doing in November 22nd, 1963. Oh, all right. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to Roland and Court. So he's in Court's house. Court lives like a bit of a schlub. Uh, he's got um, like dirt smeared on the floor. He's got knives oh, on the walls. Mm-hmm. He, what is it, uh, slams in the door, kicks the table, sending it across the room into the counter. Knives from the wall fell and twickling jack straws. Jack straws. Uh, what the heck is a jack yes. straw? I'm just imagining, is that like a game or something? Uh, I don't know. It's the, it almost feels kind of like mumble peg or something. Well, it's some sort of game. Um, hmm. Game played with a heap of small rods. Textros, yeah, it's sort of like oh, I've played this game before, where you try to like pick one up without like moving the other ones, sort of. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember we had something like that. So you just try to move them without disturbing the others, and I guess leave yours on okay. the board. So they're all different yeah. color. They're all different colors. So like all different colors, and yeah. it looks like there's like tweezers that you're using to pick them up. Yeah, I never played hmm. it. It does look like like fun. It does look bit fun. I I bet I could buy some Jack Straw game. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, there we go. Board Game Geek. Or if you just, you know, had a bunch of toothpicks and you could just color them like four different colors and just throw them out. You could make your own. Totally. You could make this fairly easily, yeah. (laughs) It's a very easy game to create. I could make my students do this. That would be fun. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is one of those uh, games like uh, Mr. Potato Head. That was uh, Mr. Potato Head originally was just literally just the accessories that you put onto an actual potato. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and Mrs. Potato Head too. So mm-hmm. she, she had eyelashes. That that's how eyelashes. You the uh, eyelashes in a purse. That's the only <laughs> oh. big difference. Yeah, maybe some high heel oh. shoes, and that's about oh, it. Oh, the eighties. Yeah. Oh, this Indeed. is a woman. She has eyelashes. You, you know, yeah. men, have, men have eyelashes too. <laughs> Pretty important. <laughs> Have you ever looked Seriously. at a microscopic view of your eyelashes, Kevin? Oh, they look disgusting. Yeah. Very gross. Yes. It Words. looks like an alien is coming out <laughs> of a gigantic, uh, you know, slick eyeball that's just... The cl- the closer you look to any human face, the more eldritch monstrosity it appears. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. I love the human body. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, court, anyway. Uh, obviously awakened immediately in the cottages of the room. Oh, still yeah. with one glittering eye beside the door waiting to break the intruder's unwary neck. Court is pissed off. <laughs> so oh, yeah. what, again, this is would you say third person omniscient kind of? We're just like bouncing from different people's <sighs> points of view. I feel like it's close third person because at this point we're in Roland's point of view because he oh. says uh, I thought we were we were in Court's enter. point of view. 
Now, the boy did not enter knowing it was a sham, knowing the court had awakened immediately in the cottage's other room and stood with one glittering eye beside the door, waiting to break the intruder's wary neck. Oh, so, so this is what Roland's thinking. He's like, he's like I, I, know so, this, yeah. I know this guy's ready to kill me. He's like, court, I want you, bondsman. Yeah. He's speaking bondsman. in the high speech. Exactly. Um, and then, then court knows that something's up. So he swings the door open. Um... By the way, that was like my worst Roland voice, but like I think that's how fourteen-year-old Roland would have said it. <laughs> True, as like a petulant child. Court, I want you, bondsman. You know, like mm. he's, he's not exactly his, where he's not his deep Roland not, yet. Yeah, he does. He's not fully <laughs> comfortable with how he's saying anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, then we've got he was dressed originally. It was he dressed. He was dressed only in thin underwear shorts, and then the new version. He was dressed in underwear shorts so kind of just trimming out the unnecessary words uh a squat man uh with bow legs runnelled with scars from top to toe thick with twists of muscle there was a round bulging belly the boy knew from experience that it was spring steel the one good eye glared at him from the bashed and dented hairless head so yeah, this is a man who has been just eroded and worn down by time. Oh, He's yeah. covered in scars. He's got this uh-huh. thick muscle muscle tissue just from being kind of like just a, a battering ram of a human being. Yeah, he's and, really a you know, tragic, a uh, tragic character in himself. Head. You know, like totally. uh, the, the 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 students have been beating him down in order to become gunslingers. He teaches them to a point, and once they beat him, they go. But like he stays. So. Yeah, it's a it's a battle to the death. Yeah. Uh huh. And he's somehow survived this long, teaching exactly killers to go off. It's like it's like being mm-hmm. a freaking Velociraptor Wrangler or something in Jurassic Park. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It's as, like I'm as we see here, these. he only has one good eye. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So it's just uh, so the, the sentence I was questioning as I was reading it was the boy knew from experience that it was spring steel. Um, does that mean that he had a sword out? Also, like, like he came out of the room in his underwear with a sword out, spring steel. Isn't that what that means? Oh, is that what that means? I thought it was. It meant like you know his uh, his his belly might look like a gut, but it was really just it was so just taut and it was like so bound like a spring me- that could like expand. Like okay, I, I thought he was yeah. holding a sword. But oh no I, no no. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I mean, there's no other reference to a sword. Oh, no, you think he was like, he's holding a, ce- uh, a concealed uh, sword, you thought? Yeah, he said the boy oh, knew no. from experience that it was spring steel. Like, he, 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 had a, he had a sword just, like, pulled out and ready to go because he got woken up from his sleep. <laughs> he's in his underwear. <laughs> hmm. He just bashed in the door like, like a boss. Hell yeah, Roland. Hmm. <laughs> And Court's Very just true. like, holy crap! And he just like pops out and he's just, he, he knew from experience it was Spring Steel. And he, I'm thinking. Mm. I'm so apparently, Spring Steel is. Spring Steel is a name given to a wide range of steels used in the manufacture of different products, including swords, saw blades, springs, and much more. The steels are generally low alloy, manganese, medium carbon steel, high carbon steel, with a very high yield strength. So. They are able to return to their original shape despite significant deflection or twisting. So I feel like that's the important part, is that it's incredibly... He's holding str- a sword. Is, 
<laughs> no, he's not holding, he's holding a sword. A sword. <laughs> he is metaphorically he's holding a, a sword. He, uh, the ma- he, uh, he, the man, is a sword, is what he's saying. His belly? Hmm. Uh, okay if there was any other reference to him holding anything then i would believe you but he you don't see him put down a sword or anything so i'm I'm still saying that it's his belly is is the is steel well if you want to comment on our uh facebook page uh, is he holding a sword or is his body a sword i don't know it's is he metaphorically a sword indeed we'll leave it up to you i don't Anyway, but in any case, uh, so the boy, the boy saluted formally. The... Teach me no more, bondsman. Today I teach you. You are early, Puler, he said casually, but he also spoke to high speech. Five years early, I should judge. I will ask only once. Will you renege? All right. So right there, I know that there's a difference. Definite changes there. So, yeah, yeah. and these are fairly significant because it goes from five years early to two years early at the very okay. best, I should judge. So, at this point, um, let's see, he's 14 years old. And so, this one not only feels like him fixing a mistake, but he's also going back and adjusting it for. Because basically, uh, I forget where it says it. But later on in this section, it'll say that, uh, or is it not this section? Oh, no, it's the next section. In that case, it won't say. But point being, he changes it to three years earlier. Uh, and we'll explain later why. So the, and then add it in at the very best. So basically, the the, the best gunslingers, I guess, uh, were 16 years old when they came for their trials. And Roland is two years even before then. So and then in the new version, it says, will you cry off instead of renege? And I feel like cry off just has a better sound to it. So, so I, like I, I noticed he, yeah, he changed that a lot. So, so renege. Can you give me the definition of that, Kevin, real quick? Renege. Let's see. It means to like uh, agree to something and then go against your agreement, basically. To go back on a promise, undertaking or contract. Yeah. Double cross kind of thing. Uh, archaic right. to renounce or abandon something or someone. Uh, so, uh, so that's, okay, I, should... I feel like there he's, he's kind of going more with the archaic usage of, so you know, to renounce said, this. Yeah. And you say cry off. Uh, what he's saying is like, please don't do this. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. once, he's, he's once like, we start, then I'm going to have to, you know, I'm break you down to... and send you West and exile uh-huh. you. Once we go down this road, like you're, oh, and then he mentions, there's no coming okay. back. yeah, there's no coming back. <laughs> you can never come back, Charlie. <laughs> you can never come back. You oh, that's can like never the, come back. <laughs> that's like the saddest moment of any movie. I'm sorry. But man, Don dogs, Bluth, he knew how to get you. All, all dogs do go to heaven. In fact, true. Oh. <laughs> and then land before time freaking the oh, the who's the there was the the one little dinosaur who in real life she was killed by her father oh, oh. god the the that movie becomes yeah. sadder based because of what you know what the, that comes that's after the same guy who did land before time and all those uh, yeah i think that was uh they were both uh, don bluth movies um do you know without looking it up uh how many mm-hmm. land before time movies have there been 
Oh, way too many. Uh, the, <laughs> I've, do, I've done stuff for work, but yeah, there's like 15 of them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 14. Eh, it might be 15. Oh, 14? <laughs> I, I could be wrong. It's, it's in the teens. <laughs> Let's see. It's more, 14. more than the... Fi- more than the Fast and the Furious. There's 14. There. Indeed, yes. There's, yeah. So, the only one that was, uh, let's see, the film was the original Land Before Time, uh, animated series from 2007 to 2008, direct to well, video. When, Kevin, when was the first Land Before Time? What 1988. Yep, that sounds about right. I think I might have seen it in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Definitely on VHS, so, but no. Oh yeah, we did. We did have it on VHS. I saw it somewhere on VHS. Hmm. But yeah, the, the, uh, the, the yeah friends the around the blocks them. house. <laughs> yeah, between 1994 and 2016, they came out with uh, 14 different lands before time. Lands before time was is that how you'd say yeah. it? <laughs> I do love to the secretaries know, the, of state. <laughs> secretaries of state, exactly. Attorneys uh, general. Attorneys general, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you pluralize the noun, not the adjective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're on writing, right? You know, we're <laughs> on writing. Exactly, grammar matters. Uh huh. Grammar does matter. So. I, I'm surprised Dad's not a bigger Stephen King fan. I feel like he, he kind of. I feel <laughs> like he got caught up in the whole, you know, King of Horror, blah 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 metaphor, like his uh, his whole press stuff. So Dad was like, "Oh, I don't want any of that." Because when I used to be uh, super into Stephen King uh, when I was younger, I feel like he kind of made some comments about things like that about like oh well you're just reading all this horror stuff and i'm like oh, it's not all horror i mean you know this is good Dad, and blah 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 read it it's good yeah <laughs> oh yeah he's an amazing writer so hopefully we can get yeah. uh dad to read it and might be able to get him onto the podcast i i did call him a couple of weeks ago and i was like uh we're you know we'd like to have guests and stuff so dad uh read the gunslinger and I think uh, for book two, we'll start to have three people per episode. Oh, I would love it. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, and just have everybody read the first book on their own, even if they haven't, yeah. you know, and then we'll all jump into book two. Mm. And what's the name of book two again? Book two is The Drawing of the Three. Drawing of the Three. Yes, the very confusing Which is another name. confusingly worded <laughs> title, just like how The Last Jedi is the second to last of the uh, sequel trilogy. Yes, the penultimate Jedi. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in any do, case. Do, do you know the anti-penultimate letter of the alphabet? Anti-penultimate letter of the alphabet would be X? Yes, exactly. Yes. The, the, the third from the last. Good work. Exactly. Um, so anyway. True. Um, that's do, that's do, always do. one of my, uh, you know weird things that i can do that just you know every once in a while just like i don't know practice or whatever for some reason because there was a um well i'll just do it whatever uh because i could do the alphabet backwards like really fast so me too yeah let's do it together all right that was pretty good nice <laughs> uh, well, it, there was a Sesame Street thing where someone did that. Exactly. Yes, that was what I was thinking of. 
<laughs> yeah, the, what was it? Sesame Street, like, 25 years and counting or something? Uh, there was, like, a whole special where they brought back, like, kids who had been on Sesame Street in, like, uh, the 70s or whatever uh, as adults and stuff. It was a great one. That and uh, Muppet, 30, Muppet 30 Years, I think. Yeah, that would make sense. That was uh, another, uh, like, you know, clip show special of uh, the Muppets and everything that uh, definitely got a lot of, uh, we, we did you know, enjoy our clip shows. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to record this one on VHS and play it for years to come. Exactly. Uh, because then it's, there was a Disney it's like one, a t- too. Where mm-hmm. Don't Go Breaking My Heart was on there. Yes, yep. totally oh, mini. John. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally mini. <laughs> it was her and Robert uh, Robert Carradine. <laughs> yes. That's I right. think. Which, whoever uh, the guy uh, was from Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what is I think that's was? Robert Carradine. Uh, yeah, because Car- David Car- Carradine Car- is the one Car- from Kill Bill. Carradine. Carradine? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's yeah, okay. Keith Carradine is the one from Dexter. And then the father Game was something Carradine else. Carradine is the one. He's the uh, the kung fu. Kung fu, exactly. Bill. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it is Robert Carradine. Another Hollywood legacy family. Uh, but yes. So what was his so, name? What was his in, any name case. in kung fu? Is like an insect name. Uh, Kane. I thought it was like butterfly, or I don't know. I know they called him Grasshopper. Grasshopper. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, Grasshopper. Yeah. I knew it was some sort of insect. <laughs> right. Butterfly? No, no. Grasshopper. Come on. <laughs> Dad would be so of angry course. at me. Uh, uh. Anyway, moving on. Grasshopper was the word I was looking for. In any case. And no. hopefully... So now, <laughs> bringing it back full circle, another relationship of a uh, teacher to a pupil, with, teaching yeah. him in a martial style. Well, totally. Yeah. So yeah. Roland is the, yes, little grasshopper. Um, okay. So back so. to this. The boy only smiled his hideous, painful smile. For Court, who had seen the smile on a score of bloodied, scarlet-skied f- fields of honor and dishonor, it was answer enough. Perhaps the only answer he would have believed. Okay. So real quick, I, I just want to talk about the smile real quick. When, when mm. I was reading this. Like, because they keep mentioning it. And I was trying to right. do it. Like, <laughs> like, it's more of like a seething. Like, it's not a smile. That's good, Kevin. <laughs> it's like it's that. a sneer. Yeah. You um, have to, like, extend your lips like, to the full extent. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was like, how do you even do the, what Roland's like? You, yes, it's his teeth are gritted. And he's oh yeah, smiling. his teeth are fully exposed. Yeah, this yeah. is a he's know, like a I am of, done with this Argh. crap. I'm done through teaching. I, I'm ready to graduate. Let's freaking do this. Exactly. I, um, um, <clears throat> it's too bad. The teacher said absently. I'm sorry. I'm court right now. It's too bad. The teacher said absently. You have been a promising pupil, the best in two dozen years, I should say. It'll be sad to see you broken and set upon a blind path. But the world has moved on. Bad times are on horseback. <laughs> I do love the that board. phrase, bad times are on horseback. Bad times like are on horseback. Like they're coming and they're coming in fast. Yep. Well, bad times are on horseback. It makes me think of uh, the ring rates coming in. <laughs> mm, exactly. <laughs> Bring it back to Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 
man, I can't wait till we we start our, our Lord of the Rings one. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to do everything, Kevin. We need to do everything faster. Oh. Well, we're almost done with this. <laughs> we are. We're getting <laughs> with there. With this we're... first book. <laughs> well, La- we could do... We're the last fifth of the shortest book, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the last fifth of the shortest book. Oh, Lord of mercy. Anyway, but for the first time, the awful smile softened a little. Hmm. So I think that's an important thing to bring in. The awful Agreed. smile softened a little because he he doesn't have any bad feelings towards court, you know? Very true. And he, uh, I, at the very least, I, I think this might be one of the first times the court has actually complimented him because yeah. he's used to just calling him maggot and puler and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's like, this no. is the only time he said, well, <laughs> you're the best student I've had in over 20 years. So that's quite a compliment to a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we've got, uh, in the next sentence, there is a little bit of a change. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, still, there is the line of blood, Court said, somberly, which was scratched out in the new version. So it just says, still, there is the line of blood, Court said. And I wanted to make sure this time, this week that I found actually the page in on writing where they're talking about adverbs. Uh, <clears throat> because just to explain why... Yeah, Stephen King's so, kind of in, in uh, the original. It says court said somberly. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So here we go. the The other piece of advice I want to give you before moving on to the next level of our toolbox is this: the adverb is not your friend. Adverbs, you will remember from your own version of business English, are words that modify verbs, adjectives, or other adverbs. Uh, they're the ones that usually end in ly. Adverbs, like the passive voice, seem to have been created with the timid writer in mind. With the passive voice, the writer usually expresses fear of not being taken seriously. It is the voice of little boys wearing shoe polish mustaches and little girls clumping around in mommy's high heels. With adverbs, the writer usually tells us he or she is not afraid. He or she is afraid she, he or she isn't expressing him or herself clearly. That he or she is not getting the point or the picture across. Consider the sentence. He closed the door firmly. It's by no means a terrible sentence. At least it's got an active verb going for it. But ask yourself if firmly really has to be there. You can argue that it expresses a a degree of difference between he closed the door and he slammed the door, and you'll get no argument from me. But what about context? What about all the enlightening, not to mention emotionally moving prose that came before he closed the door firmly? Shouldn't that tell us how he closed the door? And if the foregoing prose does tell us, isn't firmly an extra word? Isn't it redundant? So I just love A, Stephen King can't help but characterize the just he turns a sentence about grammar into a like a character denunciation of authors using adverbs like this is adverbs are designed for timid authors who are afraid who want to, you know, who are pretending to be much bigger than they really are. And they feel like they're not getting the point across. Wow. Huh. Well, ending a sentence on an adverb. I mean, adverbs are obviously going to be used all the time, and they're not just words that end in ly. They anything that modifies a verb, you know. But um, right, huh? So he, he so he changed that. <laughs> so somberly. But, and here's here's where it gets more specifically to that area. Um, uh, so, what, what year did he write in writing again? Would you say two thousand? On writing was but uh, nineteen ninety nine to uh, two thousand. So this is after uh, J.K. Rowling yes. has uh, made Harry Potter. 
because she's an adverb person. <laughs> Is she really? Oh, she uses adverbs all the time? Lots of I adverbs. I didn't notice that. In, in Harry Potter. <laughs> Lots of adverbs. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So here's the, the, the section that I was actually looking for. I could be a good sport about adverbs, though. Yes, I can. With one exception. Dialogue attribution. I insist, absolutely insist, that you use the, the adverb in dialogue attribution only in the rarest and most special of occasions. And not even then, if you can avoid it. Just to make sure we all know what we're talking about, examine these three sentences. Put it down, she shouted. Give it back, he pleaded. It's mine. Don't be a, such a fool, Jekyll, Utterson said. In these sentences, shouted, pleaded, and said are verbs of dialogue attribution. Now look at these dubious revisions. Okay. Put it down, she shouted menacingly. Give it back, he pleaded abjectly. It's mine. Don't be such a fool, Jekyll, Utterson said contemptuously. The latter three sentences are all weaker than the three former ones. And most readers will see why immediately. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, totally. This is... Yeah, this is dialogue, dialogue attribution is what we're talking about here. And so now we know the actual term for it. Uh, dialogue attribution. Oh, huh. so here we go. Here's the end. So uh, when I was a teenager, there was a party game based on one's ability to create witty or half witty Swifties named after Tom Swift. You've got a nice, okay. nice butt lady. He, he said cheekily. I'm the plumber, he said with a flush. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. There's our our quotation from Stephen King. Wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what, Kevin? That, that'll be the... So I, I do the Stephen King trivia, but you do wordplay. All right. I like that. Indeed. <laughs> so I guess our wordplay of the day is uh, uh, the gunslingers were a feudal system, but they were also a futile system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was thinking so, it was a dialogue, dialogue attribution was really the word of the day. That's what mm. we learned. Well, that's more just a, a dis- description of the the grammatical thing that Stephen King is going for here. But uh, that, in, and that's what I'm thinking. Case. That's what I'm thinking. You should do. <laughs> mm. True. True. Is be All like right. talk about the 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 methods behind the madness, hmm. you know, which I feel like I kind of have been doing with all the changes back and forth and oh, analyzing both the grammatical and the story, uh, uh structural but, reasons but why they're changing. I, I'm, mm. say, I'm just saying, I, I like it when you reference a, another work. Mm, gotcha. Like, for example, when this mm. happens, you know, like in this line, do you see that, you know, mm. gotcha. Gotcha. I, yeah. Next Give time. it a name. <laughs> Wordplay. Wordplay. So, here we go. So, as we go forward, um, let's see. So, yeah. So, changed it from... uh, So, basically, after Stephen King has said, never do this ever, ever, he went back to one of his early books and is like, okay, so, apparently, I used to do this. So, let me just cross all those out. (laughs) Oh, crap. Get rid of the adverbs. (laughs) You're early, he said casually. Uh Uh-huh. so he just took that out and just changed it to you are early. Uh, oh, no, wait. Actually, that one. Oh, no, that one. He does. He holds on to it. Uh, you are early Pueller. Court said casually. So that one he holds on to. But he took it out of uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's too bad. The teacher oh, yeah. said absently and just changed it to it's too bad. Uh <laughs> 
Oh, no. That one's there, too. Okay. So he didn't actually go yeah. through and take all of them out. He still he leaves well, in he, a few he, here he, and he, there. So here's what it is, Kevin. Yeah. Have you ever had a, a beautiful rose bush? I have not, like, to, but to I, I understand the, That's right. the metaphor. Go on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you live in an apartment building, but... Uh, it's fun to grow things. So, so we've got roses all on our True. property. True. In our like, case, we have an herb garden that's an indoor thing. <laughs> but I have to, like, go over and, like, clip out things every once in a while. But you leave some things, you know? Right. So adverbs are like the rosebuds, the uh, um, dialogue and stuff. It's like you, exactly. you need yeah. them. But, you know, if, if you have too many, it, it crowds the rest and it makes it confusing, really. I agree. Yeah. I assumed that he was going through and taking all of them out, but it, I think no. you're right. He's only taking out the worst take defenders. Them all out. Yeah. You can't take them all out. You, you need exactly. They're, they're you do need they're them needed. once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess an overabundance the, of anything is bad. Is, is Correct. Yeah. Basically, every single time court speaks, there was one in the original. You're early. He said casually. It's too bad. He said absently. Still, there's the line of blood. He said somberly. So he felt like somberly he could take out. He's like, uh, I got to take out one of these. Yeah, this exactly. Is there's, so he, he yeah. just pruned. There's a little pruning. Yeah, the ones that you, you can right. pick up from context that he's speaking somberly in the, you know, in the high speech and all. So, so he said. I, so in any case, revolt. I, I think I would have taken out casually and left somberly, but whatever. Mm. <laughs> well, in that case, I feel he's like really upset about this. He's like, now I got to try to beat your ass, boy. Here we go. Mm. <laughs> what weapon ca- are you going to take? Exactly. Are, are we up to that now? Uh, well, there is a couple of changes before we get there just want to say those real quick uh so he says i recognize your command and bow to it now if never again with originally it just said with my heart in the new version it says with all my heart with all my heart sounds makes more sense that's more of a phrase um and then later on he says uh okay so then the boy touched the leathery vulnerable flesh of his head with wonder Rise, bondsman, in love. Court stood slowly, and there might have been pain behind the impassive mask of his reamed features. This is waste. Cry off, you foolish boy. I break my own oath. Cry off and wait. And in the original, he just said, uh, this is waste. Renege, boy. I break my own oath. Renege and wait. So... Change, he added in foolish boy yeah. uh, and change cry off change renege to wit cry off which I like cry off just as a word better so then uh, and then again boy said nothing yeah, very well and then we wait, added wait, another time out, time out. I, I wanted to go back to one thing sure sure what you got um, called him the very eye of syphilis mm. <laughs> what does that mean I mean, it sounds terrible, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> is it some sort of like a pustulous, like, sore? Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, jeez. Well, he did a bunch of other things. So he cuffed him. So, so what does cuffing mean? Punched like, him, I think. Like, just... I, I'm imagining, like, punching him with, like, the back of his hand. Yeah, or maybe it's, him. like, with his wrists, where, you, where, where your cuffs are. Kicked him. That's obvious. He kicked him. Right. Uh, bled, bled him. So he like literally has sliced his skin and made him bleed. Cursed him. Well, you know. 
That's probably the most common one. Like, if you had to put, like, a a, a, a bar graph mm. <laughs> of, of all these things, and, like, which one would be, like, the highest? <laughs> highest in terms of, of him. Hmm. Like, the most times that he did it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Like, how many times did Court do this to Roland? And and one of the categories is cuffed him. Mm. And second one is kicked him. Third one is bled him. Fourth one is cursed him. Fifth one is made mock of him. And sixth one is called in the very eye sixth syphilis. So you got six things. Bar graph going up. Which one's the highest? I feel like it's got to be cuffed him. Because he he hits uh, so apparently cuffing someone is to strike with an open hand, especially on the on the head. So uh, I I disagree. Th- though I think that'll be up there. It's, it might be third in in my opinion, but I think first has got to be made mock of him. Yeah, I suppose. Or or cursed him. Like I think those two things were the most because they're just casual, easy to curse somebody. Fuck you, you. Eh, 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 eh. But to actually punch somebody is less than that. Knowing court's I mean, teaching methods, knowing, <laughs> which are terrible. Te- yeah, <laughs> going by court's teaching methods, he hits Cuthbert like three times in the one lesson that we saw. Yeah, but he also cursed and mocked him uh, like six times. So, ooh, good point. <laughs> we'll have to do a just a, a chart of the one representative uh, teaching lesson that we saw. <laughs> The court teaching method. <laughs> <laughs> a scattergraph. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you, you curse and mock them this many times until you have to cuff them. And then you might have to bleed them after that. Mm. But then I think last... Uh, well, call them the very eye of syphilis. is It's so specific. <laughs> that's got to be the least likely. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like... You know, that that's one that stings, but you only use it in sparingly. It's, it's, it's on the lower end of that uh, bell curve. But, exactly. But like the higher end, like, ooh, ugh. Ooh. You're yeah. Get, getting cursed the very eye of syphilis. Phew. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. So the boy said nothing. Um, shall I go? Yeah, go ahead. Ooh, no, this is the the one last change before we go on. So he says, very well, if you say so, let it be so. I feel like that's something that Stephen King kind of wrote later on as a bit of like Roland's vernacular that he decided to retcon into as something the court said as well. All right, so we're up to um, very well. Exactly. Very well. His voice became dry and businesslike. One hour and the weapon of your choice. You will bring your stick. I always have. How many sticks have been taken from you, Court? Which was tantamount to asking how many boys have you entered the square yard beyond the Great Hall and returned as gunslingers' apprentices. No stick will be taken from me today, Court said slowly. I regret it. There is only the once, boy. The penalty for over-eagerness is the same as the penalty for unworthiness. Can you not wait? The boy recalled Martin standing over him, tall as mountains. No! Very well. What weapons do you choose? The boy said nothing. Changes? Yeah? So, definitely a change in there. Uh, The boy recalled Martin standing over him, the smile, and the sound of the blow from behind the closed door. No. 
So basically, Roland's just got he's got vengeance in his mind. He he is just going after Court as a means to just get a gun so that he can then shoot this man. Uh huh. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. he just wants to kill this guy. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like that change just high, just underlines exactly Roland's motivation for doing this right here and right now. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, oh, I, 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 like that it, I like that it changed the tall as mountains to just the smile. So just yeah. highlighting what Martin's kind of defining futuristic is. Characteristic. So- feature courts is actually trying to talk him down he is like the whole time he's like dude chill yeah (laughs) yeah you've got potential and we i do not want to waste you Mm -hmm. yeah court's not a bad guy you know no i wouldn't say so frequenting but uh yeah um like you said, his methods might be questionable, but uh, I think he's got good intentions for exactly. The boys. And he knows that Roland's one of the best of them. He's not the smartest, you know, but he's the best of what though? The best killer? Is that what we're creating here? Mm, basically, <laughs> yeah. like 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 we said, it's Full Metal Jacket. He's uh, mm-hmm. precisely. Like, you're, you'll be a hell of a uh, heartless murderer. Good job. Mm-hmm. Go do that, but not yet. You're not ready. You shouldn't kill this guy. Exactly. Uh, 14 years old. He is wee baby. You're not ready to murder yet, but when you're 18, oh, heck yeah. Murder the (laughs) hell out of people. I'm Mm. sorry. I just think war is stupid. (laughs) I mean, the problem is that in... This kind of context where the highest born are, you know, the top that they can aspire to is warriors that kill instantly with guns. Then it incites this this kind of mindset where, you know, when when you're holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail is that kind of thing where when you have this one tool that you're really, really good at using, you want to just shoot everybody. So it becomes that kind of... Um, corruption of that power leads power. to yeah power yeah. is the problem power leads to was it absolute power corrupts corrupts absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. yeah i forget who that is but uh anyway anyway so roland's keeping his cl- cards close to the vest <laughs> we're gonna get off of our uh political soapbox there of, mm. uh, <laughs> all just love each other man why we indeed can't we all just get along absolutely why can't we be friends why can't we be friends anywho court smile showed through a jagged ring of teeth wise enough to begin in an hour you realize you will in all probability never see uh here's where we've got some changes here in the original it says uh in all probability, you'll never see the others or your father or this place again. And then the new version, it says, you will in all probability never see your father, your mother, or your cobabbies again. So hmm. changing the others oh, yeah. to, and adding in your mother in there as well. No, so, but there was that big, that other word. What did you say? Cobabbies? Spell that for me. K-A hyphen B-A-B-B-I-E-S. Okay. 
So Roland replies, uh, I know what exile means, Roland said softly. Another uh, dialogue attribution adverb. Yep, he said softly. <laughs> so, and hey, then Court says... He kept, he kept that one? He, ke- he held on to that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta keep you gotta keep some of them. You gotta keep some roses. I'm, but you, I am you can't surprised by how many he held on to, yeah. Yeah. The adverbs are the roses, man. And, yeah, and you gotta keep you so. gotta keep some buds to grow back, you know? Hmm. So in the original it just says go now, and then the new version it says, Go now and meditate on your father's face. Much good will it do ya. So basically it's almost like, you know, it's a little bit more uh, you know, a little bit more um Tradition, well, not tradition, but what's the word? Uh, ritualistic. He, ritualistic. He's got a little bit more of the uh, of the ritual words of the go now and meditate on your father's face, and then a little bit of court's usual sarcasm. Much good will it do you? So, or maybe he's saying it li- literally, like much good will much good will it do you? Like just uh, go think about it, and then much good will it do no, you? He's like, I'll kick your ass, boy. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think it's more on the sarcastic side of the go now and meditate. Much good will it do? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you see all these scars on me? And I'm still around, man. Like, mm. <laughs> and I, I still say he's holding a sword this whole time. I really don't think so. <laughs> he, I think... he might have put the sword down like after he realized that it was Roland. Like, mm. but he was I surprised. Mean, when somebody he is kicks in my door, I'm coming out with the with the spring steel. Hell yeah. Possibly, possibly. I mean, the knives were just there that, uh, you know, after he kicked them uh, across the table and all. So I really don't think that he, he's he got his... I feel like if Court had a sword, they would... Stephen King would describe that sword. He would give that sword a name. That sword would be described in detail. <laughs> I thought it was just a quick little... He, he recognized from the past that it was Springsteel. Like, like not his belly... Not his body. He's talking about the sword he's holding in his hand. <laughs> there was a round, bulging belly. The boy knew from experience that it was spring steel. The round, bulging belly is the spring steel. I'm telling you. He doesn't have a bulge that looks like a sword that he's holding. You know. Also, why would he be holding his sword underneath of his shirt? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, he's got a he's got a sword under his pillow. Pillow? Where? He's standing there. No, 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 no. I'm talking about courts state of mind when he sleeps he's got this little sword this little spring steel sword right by his bed because right. he is a uh um paranoid teacher 100 <laughs> see that <laughs> i'll agree kids with. who's probably expecting people to like you know yeah. double cross him and, and come into his hut like He's, he's also like, he's got like a Hagrid hut. Is, is that what we're talking about? I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a, it's a, <laughs> does he have a you know, a kind a of a shack of a home. He does not yeah, have a dog. He, oh, darn. No, no pets at all. All I'm saying is uh, he would have this sword ready to go and somebody bust in, into his room and he popped out with the sword and he put it down, I think, halfway through the conversation, realizing that it was Roland. It was like, oh, okay. This, this boy, it, it's not some intruder trying to kill me, you know? Because I feel he, like... He's also... There's, 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 there's things going on in this kingdom, right? Sure, yeah. People I mean, are dying he's behind everywhere. castle walls, so, so I feel like... I'd have a sword ready to go. I, I think he had a sword. 
I don't know I why mean, he might I'm, have he might theoretically <laughs> have a sword, but it is not referred to in this sentence. I maintain that. I mean, uh, yeah, he what is it? There was a round bulging belly. The boy knew from experience that it was spring steel. That that belly, like I'm, th- I'm thinking he's describing him like uh, the kingpin in the Marvel. Like he yeah, looks like you, he's yeah. fat, but he is Even just if you pure try strength. To hit that, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess it, kingpin. Exactly. Oh, anyway, anyway, so the boy went without looking back. Section six. So. The cellar of the barn was spuriously cool, dank, smelling of cobwebs and earth water. And here we've got another change right off the bat. Uh, in the original, it says, It was lit from the ubiquitous sun, but felt none of the day's heat. The boy kept the hawk here, and the bird seemed comfortable, comfortable enough. And then in the new version, he's got, The sun lit it in dusty rays from narrow windows, but there was none of the day's heat. And then period, hmm. the boy kept the hawk here and the bird seemed comfortable enough. So um, I, lo- I do I'm like that. that change. A- yeah, I'm down with the, that one as word, well. The word u- ubiquitous, like it, it seems a little. Yeah. Eh. I, I want to exactly, try to use yeah. this word, you know? Yeah, that seems like a word of the day calendar kind of word. Yeah. <laughs> The, it was lit by the ubiquitous sun, the omnipresent oh, sun. Oh, there we go, yes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, of course we know the sun is everywhere. Everybody looks up and sees the sun. Actually, that brings me to mind, um, the, apparently the, uh, there was a, like, this recipe for Roman concrete that, like, modern, like, uh modern like chemists or whatever whoever like they couldn't crack it because the like according to this recipe they could never figure out how to get it to be as strong as like the concrete of like aqueducts and everything but Mm. eventually they realized that they wouldn't be using like fresh water they would be using salt water but just romans of the time would always assume that everybody would know that you would be using salt water so that's uh-huh. why the recipe didn't work when we tried to replicate it in modern day. Uh-huh. So when they when they re when they used it using salt water, which would be more you know available to Romans at the time, then uh, it became as strong as uh, Roman concrete. Oh, interesting. Huh. So it's interesting just the ways that things that would be taken for granted in one time could be you know a little you might not make those assumptions later on. Oh, I, I understand now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Don't make those assumptions that you did in the past. Times change. But in any case, the that was just the word ubiquitous brought that to mind. But uh, <laughs> uh, also, I just I like the change of uh, spuriously cool. Is, is that no spuriously cool? Is there in both versions? Um, okay. well, actually, that's I a guess, good word. That's a good freaking word. Spuriously. spuriously cool exactly how would you what does that mean to you uh i think spurious i want to say it's almost like fake but it doesn't really make sense in context spurious it feels like the garage that i'm sitting in right now yeah uh <laughs> according to this sort of uh dank smelling of cobwebs and earth water spuriously hmm. cool this is yeah <sighs> smells great <laughs> so yeah according to <laughs> this de- my definition is correct not being what it purports to be false or fake uh 
archaic of offspring, illegitimate. Ooh, that seems more like what it is. So Ooh, it's almost like bastard sunlight. Yeah. Uh, all right. Bastard huh. coolness. Yeah. David was old now and no longer hunted the sky. This is from the original. Yeah. His feathers had lost the radiant animal brightness of three years ago, but the eyes were still as piercing and motionless as ever. You cannot friend a hawk, they said, unless you are a hawk yourself, alone, and only a sojourner in the land without friends or the need of them. The hawk pays no coinage to morals. David was an old hawk now, the boy hoped. Or was he too unimaginative to hope did he only know that he himself was a young one? Uh, Is there any changes in that? Definitely. There's like um, so many like feelings in that. <laughs> so in that section, uh, in so here we got a couple of subtractions that I also like. Uh, instead of David was old now and no longer hunted the sky, it's just David no longer hunted the sky. Uh, because in the next hmm. paragraph, it starts off with David was an old hawk now. So instead of being kind of redundant, I feel like yeah. he he just says he no longer hunted. His feathers lost their radiance, but his eyes were as sharp and piercing as ever. So basically, it sets up first. It sets up all the reasons why, and then it closes it off saying David is old now. So I I like that yeah, yeah. a lot more. Um. Uh-huh. And then this part here where he went, uh. Roland starts to wax a little philosophical. You cannot friend a hawk, they <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah, I love that. Uh, unless in the new version, it says unless you're half a hawk yourself instead of inst- unless you oh, are okay. a hawk yourself. So there I'm not quite yeah. so sure. Uh, I feel like the metaphor kind of gets muddled when you call it unless you're half a hawk yourself. So yeah. unless you are a hawk yourself. Yeah. Sojourner in the land. Ugh. Without friends or the need of them. This is this I feel like this sentence sets up Roland for who he is going to become. He wants to be yeah. a sojourner in the land without friends or the need of them. The hawk pays no coinage to love or morals. And added, he tossed in he added in uh love in there. The original just says he pays mm-hmm. no coinage to morals. So even just kept, twisting I, I, the knife a little bit more. Right. Oh, uh, he's a, he's a loner. Exactly. And then uh, another <laughs> subtraction. Peewee. <laughs> Peewee. Right. Peewee's big adventure. He goes, "I'm a loner." Hmm. <laughs> True. I feel like I, I don't think I've ever actually seen that movie all the way through. I've just seen bits and pieces. Oh, it's a silly movie. Uh, Very silly indeed. <laughs> Dottie? is that who's it? I'm a loner, Dottie. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> And then in the new version, it took out the whole, or was he too unimaginative to hope? Did he only know? Yeah, the new version crossed out that entire parenthetical and just says the boy hoped that he himself was a young young one. And I like that, too. So, it's, I feel like the, yeah. or was he too blah, 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 that, that feels very kind of wishy-washy about it. Okay, so this sentence was awkward for me. And did they keep yeah. it in the, in, the, in the new one with the, the, the parentheses? There? No, they took out that whole parenthetical, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah, that parenthetical, as I was reading, I was like, wait, I got confused for just, mm. you know. Yeah, I'm it's, not a good it's wishy-washy. It's, <laughs> you know, it's basically kind of the author second-guessing what Roland is thinking. It's not even really the Roland's thoughts about himself, really. So it's, so you know. It just cuts. So that's what changes that? That's the the, the color? That's, yeah, that's just a red line straight through that whole red. section, yeah. just... 
the, the whole parentheses is written. It just goes from the boy hoped that he himself was a young one. Yeah. And I feel like that's much cleaner of a sentence. That, 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 that is much cleaner. That makes yeah. more sense. Hi! Oh, no, no. He said softly. <coughs> softly. Softly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> See, there's where you need the adverb. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the adverb was important there. <laughs> Hi. Hi. He said softly and extended his arm to the tethered perch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> The hawk stepped onto the boy's arm and stood motionless, unhooded. With his other hand, the boy reached into his pocket and fished out a bit of dried jerky. The hawk snapped it deftly from, his, from between his fingers and made it disappear. The boy began to stroke David very carefully. Court most probably would not have believed it if he'd seen it. But Court did not believe the boy's time had come either. Okay, so now this is where it gets really heavy. Yeah. Um, this is where it becomes, oh, my God, he's talking about David, but he's really talking about Jake. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Oh, mm. <laughs> I didn't put those two together. Oh, now I'm going to read this differently. I think you die today, he said. Continue, continuing to stroke. I think you'll be made sacrifice like all those little birds we trained you on do you remember no it doesn't matter after today i am the hawk david stood in his arms silent and unblinking indifferent to his life or death um <laughs> we've got an addition in there actually yeah i'm just gonna finish and then, oh, and yeah, then we can ahead. talk about it um you are old the boy said reflectively and perhaps not my friend. Even a year ago, you would have had my eyes instead of that little string of meat. Isn't it so? Court would laugh. But if we get close enough, which is it, bird? Age or friendship? David did not say. The boy hooded him and found the Jessies, which were looped at the end of David's perch. They left the barn. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's where we're going yeah. to stop. But that is a, that is a heavy paragraph. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to cross my arms too much. That was intense. Yep. I don't know. Because I, I, I didn't put two and two together that you're, he's talking about Jake, too, right now. Exactly. Yeah, David. not only. Oh, that was yeah, sad enough for David. Like, <laughs> Exactly, yeah, because I feel like Jake is the one who's listening to this whole story, so as Jake is listening, he's like, oh, crap. He's done it before, he's going to do it again. Mm -hmm. I need to sacrifice you to further my uh, Further my career, further my interests, yeah. Yeah, he's a a very Machiavellian of our friend Roland, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And then, actually, in that part, we do have some additions. Uh, In the new version, it says, After today, I am the hawk. And each year on this day, I'll shoot the sky in your memory. So, at least Roland is a little bit, you know, he's making promises. He's saying, like, I will remember you. You will live on in, you know, wasted ammunition in the future. Uh, Well, here's here's the other thing, Kevin. And I was talking to Liz about this the other day, because we were were driving down the street and we saw a... uh, uh, an oncology uh, clinic for cats. Okay. 
And we thought to ourselves, if my cat gets cancer, uh, it, you know, I'm just gonna just gonna put it down. Like, it's, I'm not gonna spend all that money for chemo for a cat. Like, you're when you get a pet, you get a small, you know, tragedy. Every time you get a pet, you get a small tragedy. So, like, when when I was thinking of David here, I, I think it's also I, I wasn't even thinking Jake. I was just thinking like this is a pet that he loved for a long time. And it's like, it's your time to go. And, you know, like, I, I'm sure you've had to bring cats and dogs or stuff in to be put down. And it's it's a tough moment, but it's like, you know, this is this is what we signed up for. Yeah. You know, this is our life and death and stuff. So I and, mm-hmm. and then, then when you bring up Jake, it's like, is Jake his pet? Like, what the hell's going on here? Come on. Jake is supposed I mean, to be a human boy who will live to be a very old age. But I don't think that's gonna happen mm. i mean that's the the he, tragic part about death. it that exactly second death yeah is coming the second death <laughs> yeah the because i feel like since roland you know he started to sort of love jake as a human being and then once they see the man in black again and they go underneath of the tunnel he starts to see him just as the boy again and he starts to close off his emotions because he realizes Mm. that he's going to have to sacrifice jake so i feel like in this way he's kind of compartmentalizing a little bit so that he doesn't see Jake as a human, another human being anymore. So well, he's he, just sort he of goes back to the, the pragmatism that we exactly. were saying about uh, it, mm. in order to, to achieve my end, this is what I need to do. Mm. I need to do mescaline exactly. with this Oracle real quick and have some sex yeah. and stuff. I'm going to cool. tie you to this, to this piece of stone, just to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's the good guy and the bad guy in this story. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, he ties him to a tree so he doesn't get away. <laughs> Roland is straight up treating Jake like a pet. <laughs> <laughs> he really, well, he was, he tied up David, right? He tethered exactly. him. Exactly. Like he grabbed the Jessies from... Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Jessies. Uh, I meant to look I think those are like the... Um, Just the little, the little leather kind of holders for a falcon or a hawk. In this case, let's see. Falcon Jessies are a thin strap traditionally made of leather used to tether a hawk or falcon in falconry. Jessies allow a falconer to keep control of the bird while it's on the glove or in training and allow a bird to be secured on a perch outside of its aviary. So it's just a little leather tie around the, you know, the bird's ankles. Cool. cool. That makes sense. Yeah, so I almost guessed it exactly right. Yeah, is what you're saying. Good job. <laughs> uh, that's why you know. Come to Nick and Liz Quiz. We know a lot of weird trivia. Indeed, and also I feel like it's it's one of those things you can kind of pick up from context, more or less. You don't need to study falconry. Uh, so there is a couple of other too. changes in the next <laughs> sentence. Oh yeah, I I, I often uh, amaze people with my. Ability to know things, but really not know things. <laughs> I mean, not to put you down. That's whatsoever. what trivia is about. It's like it's like, oh, I know that there's a book called Pride Prejudice by Jane Austen, but right. have I read it? 
no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the difference between knowledge and between uh, intelligence and wisdom. Like, I feel like intelligence yeah. is memorizing facts, whereas I feel like wisdom is the logic of, okay, so I can figure out this means this, and through context, this must mean something like this. So based on the way that he's using untying the Jessies or whatever, therefore, it must be some sort of a strap around his ankles. And you were right. I, I, I think they say like a, a mile wide and inch deep or something. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the mile wide would be intelligence, but the inch deep would be wisdom. Yeah. The wisdom. Yeah. So if how far down you can go, I'd mm. like to be an ocean eventually in my life. Mm. The Marianas Trench of uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, but in any case, um, we've got okay. uh, one so, more change. Ooh, one more change one more before change. we close out the day. Yeah. Even a year ago, you would have had my eyes instead of that little string of meat. Isn't it so? Court would laugh. But if we get close enough, close enough to that Chari man, if he doesn't, if he don't suspect, which will it be, David, age or friendship? And David did not say. Hmm. So, I feel like Ch- Chari man there. So there is a, a vocabulary word um, <laughs> from context. What do you think it means? Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so um, the Charlie man is talk- talking about Martin. Mm. Oh no! Or is he talking about courts? Talk about court. Um, talking about court. He, the Chari man is is court, right? Right. Yeah. Don't but... suspect. Wow. This wow. This changes everything. Yeah. Uh, which will be David age for friendship? Because um, hmm. it gives you more of his intentions going into this battle that I'm assuming it's about exactly. To yeah, if you don't suspect, so setting which up. Which I haven't that, read yet. Yeah, setting up. <laughs> I that stopped. That they left the barn. Good. Yeah. So setting up that David is going to be a little bit more of a surprise. So, which I mean, we kind of so, established. So does a little he have bit. another weapon? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, so he's like, "What's your weapon?" And like, I I, I assume that like it's like my weapon is my hawk. Mm. He just comes out with, with David on his shoulder, which might be this picture. True. <laughs> which yeah. I, I I keep coming back to. I, I was I always thought that that was Zoltan the whole time. True. I yeah, I I forgot about how important David is in this book. So yeah, I think it is David. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Indeed. Um, so, but we're stopping at the end of section six. Indeed. In Ooh, just one right? more thing I wanted to say: just the fact that it changed from Absolutely. which uh, which will it be, David? Instead of which, uh, instead of which I will should, it which will it be, David? Um, which is it, or, Bird? So it, it, he's establishing more that he's holding David in, as a a unique individual with a name and th- thoughts and feelings. Says, and like, yeah, which is a bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, yeah instead I, of I like a rhetorical that. question which, which to himself, be, as he's just talking to a bird, he, he's he's asking a question to David. He's like, "All right, it's it's really up to you. Which is it going to be, David?" So, age of friendship basically is him saying. Um, do yeah. you want to sacrifice yourself right now? Would you like to live longer, age, or friendship? Like, sacrifice yourself so that I can further myself. Mm, I guess. Basically, I eh, that's weird. 
I mean, or it's the other way that I was. That's, that's kind a of, shitty question to ask somebody. It really, really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it does establish Roland's character. That it's a, he's, it's the so- Sophie's choice of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of being a, uh, a sidekick. Yeah, I mean, oh uh, the the other way that I took it was, which will it be, age or friendship? Is almost like which of your, um. Which of your motivations is going to kind of win the day? Like your age is what you are going to define you or is what you feel going to define you? Like is your age, your slowness, is this going to kind of be the thing that uh, like is this is your age going to be sort of going to affect what happens or is your loyalty to me and your our friendship is this what's going to kind of be the Mm. final like the the means by which we can win against court okay huh Mm. Ah, these are fascinating thoughts going Mm. forward Uh, it also got me to thinking um, other sidekicks. Uh, go ahead. You had something to say. No, just I was just th- I was just going to go on and continue to say that the by using fewer words that are more um, more evocative, you can inspire multiple paths for people to read into it. And I feel like that's what makes the book more belong to the reader than the author. Like going being too specific and kind of overly explaining yourself you get the exact point across but it becomes a textbook as opposed to when you only use a few words that are very evocative the story kind of blooms in the reader's mind as opposed to Ah. being such just a fixed block of wood that just is a physical object nothing so you were saying that the fact that he changed the um the, the words in the special edition, you you like that? No, 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 no. This is something that was common in both versions. Just the sentence, age or oh. friendship. Because both of us took it in different ways, that's what I love. Oh, oh that, I understand. That's what I love about Stephen King's style is that yes. he's kind of okay. inviting the reader to tell the story to themselves and to finish up the story in their mind. So, yeah. Okay, I, I understand. I'm mm. sorry, I'm a little slow. <laughs> um. Oh man! But yeah, it, I completely agree with that. Yeah, he's um, like skating because, on the okay, edge. So, yeah. so what I was going to say is like uh, less is more. Exactly. It, it, writing kind of kind of like allow the reader to have the intelligence to take from it what they will. Precisely. Yeah. Know? The a book is uh, you know it's a letter that you're writing to the reader, and as they're reading it, they're you know, using their own frame of reference to imagine Roland and Jake in their own minds and using their own life experience. Yeah. What I think of it is, is like a a treasure map. Mm, Okay. Like, but, but like a really vague treasure map Mm. (laughs) and, and and the best, the best books have, um, a treasure map with enough clues, but not too many clues. Exactly. And like the worst books are like, go here. Mm-hmm. It's right over there. Like yeah. walk this. And like, it's like, no, no, I, I want to, to imagine, you know, where I'm going on, on this journey mm-hmm. through this to, to find whatever treasure it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Some books don't have a treasure that you will find. This is true. You know, or, or some will, uh, tell you that there's a treasure and then there's, there's none to find. I don't know. True. Some people say some people find a treasure that other people don't find because every book is subjective and 
you know, every everyone's experience is subjective. So a- anyway, I think we should probably. Uh, uh, I think that's a that's a good. Here. I'm gonna go get some good food. place to cut it off. Yeah, o'clock my time. Um, so so that means that next week we will read until the end of chapter of section eight. So section eight. Cool. So section seven and eight. I'm getting cold in the garage, Kev. So yeah. I think All right. it's time so, to sign off. Uh, anything else? So just wanted to say that the last sentence will be um, that the first thought, uh, wait, that he first thought that he might also be the last. It was in that hill. It was in that hill spattered silence just before sleep overtook him that he first thought he might also be the last. That's the last sentence. So very fitting. Oh my God. Last is last. That, that's a good cliffhanger because mm. I can't wait to read up to that. Kevin, what'd you just do to me? Okay. I'm probably going to start reading right now. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> that, that's what cliffhangers are for. They're to, you know, keep you you're hooked on so that you want to uh, go forward as soon as possible. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us here at uh, chapter brothers. Uh, as we make our way through the slow mutants and the gunslinger, we're having a great time. Um, but Kevin, uh, and you can, uh, See us at chapterbrothers.com and uh, on Facebook and whatever else we and YouTube. We got all types of things in the works. Yes, um, indeed. But Kevin, until then, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you too, brother. Bye bye.